Thank you for joining Breadcrumb Theory, a modern-day podcast navigating the digital age. We are your hosts, Melissa Schwass and Eric Shear. Welcome, everyone. Hey, Melissa. How are you today? Doing great. Uh, it's almost the weekend. Uh, it's a great week. It was my birthday this week, so oh. having a, having a good one. Yeah, you having a good birthday week? Uh, as good as can be expected with everything shut down. So just trying to make the best of it. Oh, well, right on. Well, happy birthday. So uh, what's on the agenda for today? Uh, I think if you know me, this is a topic I'm incredibly passionate about, and that is artificial intelligence, otherwise known as machine learning. Yes, AI, that magical uh, two-letter uh, acronym that strikes either bewilderment and awe or terror in uh the hearts of people. So I think that's a great topic for today. Sure. And I think having both feelings is very justified and it means you're a skeptic at heart like myself. But really artificial intelligence is just truly a a fancy way of saying the ways computers learn. Human intelligence is known as cognitive intelligence or learning. So it's just how those machines learn the human functions of doing tasks that they are programmed to do. Oh, cool. So let's uh, give everybody a little bit of backstory on kind of how AI, long AI has been around and, and where it's been. And then uh, we'll get into, you know, kind of how it is present day and a little bit of, uh, you know, what we can expect in the near future. Sure. Um, so I'll go ahead and get started if that's okay. Yeah. Awesome. So artificial intelligence actually isn't a new term. It might seem newer because of pop culture or social networking. But really, the concept or the theory has been around since the 1950s. I think it was founded at Dartmouth or one of those other Ivy League universities. And it really, at the time, was a true theory. The the people who invented the term artificial intelligence really thought, okay, it would be cool if, if computers could learn the way humans did. And it really dropped off right around the late 1950s. And then around the 1980s, it picked back up steam. Uh, However, it's become a lot more prevalent in today's culture because of the cost of data. So the cost of data storage, the the cost of data mining has gone down significantly. Storage is rather cheap nowadays. And the amount of data we store on any given day um, is actually incredible. So we are now living in the era of artificial intelligence. Right. So it's interesting to see that, you know, when you look at these things that have been around for a while in the kind of realm of sci-fi and, you know, movies like The Terminator and Skynet and, and robots <laughs> and what have you, and really it comes down to a technical challenge, which is uh, storage and yep. the amount of data that we can, we can learn. So interestingly enough, um, what kind of things today do we see using machine learning, using AI where, where, where do we find them most commonly and, and kind of what, what, what should people understand about how AI is used today? Sure. So you can go as far as your phone to find machine learning. So you're actually teaching Siri, if you have an iPhone, I have an iPhone. You're teaching Siri how to interact with you when you get a new iPhone and it asks you to go through a bunch of voice commands. Siri is simply just trying to understand how you interact with it, what your voice sounds like and how it can best give you the answers you're looking for. So that is a simple version of machine learning. Eric, I know you are a fan of Google Home. Same thing, same thing with Alexa. Any type of IoT device that you have in your house that talks back to you, 
that machine learns because it wants to improve how it interacts with you on a day-to-day basis. So what it's really looking for then are are, are patterns, right? So it's sure. looking for like how to interact with you. It looks for patterns. And what you need to understand about artificial intelligence as it stands today is that it's still highly programmatic, right? We tell the computers what data needs to look like, right? And then it goes through and starts parsing that data over and over and over and over again and looking for those same patterns. So it allows us to do repeatable tasks that used to take a, a person maybe hours or days, and it can chew through that a lot faster. So it can identify viruses. It can identify, uh, they use AI and machine learning and, and trading stocks uh, to learn, look for certain specifications for things. So it's, it's prevalent, like you said, in everything that we do. And what I'm most interested to see uh, in the near future is, is what you think AI coupled with automation will look like and how, how is that going to affect our world in the near future? So artificial intelligence and machine learning is really just a foundation of how what we consider robots work. And how the computer learns, you, you know, I think a lot of people think that we're really advanced in artificial intelligence, but we're really in phase one of what we do with programming these computers. So in phase one, we're programming computers to learn basic techniques or functions of a, of a human job or a human task. One task, not more than one task, is basic artificial intelligence. What that has led us to is the invention of robotics, or otherwise known as robots. So if we think Terminator immediately is what I think of when we think of robots, but we're not quite there yet. We're talking about robots in a lot of manufacturing facilities. Uh, There is a robot at a McDonald's. If you have a self-checkout kiosk at McDonald's or Walmart, those are robots. And what we're seeing now is the slow introductions of these robots or computers in retail and hospitality settings and manufacturing. And sure, they're quite expensive to deploy and install. But once you put a robot at a Walmart or a McDonald's for a self-checkout, or once you put a robot in a manufacturing plant to produce widgets or gadgets, that is a one-time installation fee. That robot never sleeps. It doesn't need sick time. It doesn't need time off to go travel the world or see family members. Sure, there might be some maintenance to keep it um, in top premium condition, but really that cost of that robot could be one person's salary. And so not to scare anybody, we're going to continue to see these robots in our everyday lives and slowly but surely it's going to start replacing a lot of entry-level positions at manufacturing facilities, in your hotels, in hospitality and retail. And so I think that's what we're already seeing. That uptick is actually going to continue. And COVID has actually exponentially advanced what is called digital transformation, which is a fancy word of just saying, we're going to replace tasks that can be automated via computers or robots. So COVID has actually thrusted us three to five years in the future. Right. So out of necessity... And because of safety and the current climate with COVID, it's, you know, uh, easier to have that automated burger flipper than paying somebody to flip burgers at at your favorite fast food joint. So that's pretty interesting. And like you're starting, you're right, you're starting to see it. I was in uh, a McDonald's actually in Chicago where there was only one person behind the counter but the entire thing was automated and, you know, whether this is, you know, not really AI more, but computer-based, but it's 
it's not long before, you know, you're just going to step up and nobody's manning the shop there, right? It's all completely automated and AI makes that possible, right? It understands the tasks. It understands what you want when you order something, but it's not self-aware. And that's what I think a lot of people are afraid of, that all of a sudden the machines will wake up and overthrow their, their human masters. And maybe sometime in the future when we've replicated, you know, true cognitive uh, AI that can pass a Turing test, and the Turing test is kind of the, the test that, that they give machines to, to differentiate between human qualities, right? You know, a good famous movie would be Blade Runner, for instance. I love that uh, movie. Yeah, yeah, no, it was super cool. Um, and, and, other, and other movies. So nothing is going to become self-aware. Another really good use of AI would be like in a Tesla, for instance, like in their sure. automated driving, right? It's got cameras, it's processing all that data that it's, it's looking at, and it's constantly making decisions about what it should do, right? Like, does it need to change lane? Did you put the blinker on? You know, and it doesn't need you to input that, right? In some cases, if you, you know, say, take me home, it maps the routes out. It does all the tasks necessary that you would normally do, like when you get on your GPS, but it just does it for you and then then takes over from there, right? We're not, you know, 100% fully autonomous in, in cars yet, but soon enough we will be. And that is, you know, a good portion of that, that programming is that machine learning AI-based architecture. Sure. And one thing to know is that absolutely self-driving cars has a level of artificial intelligence and machine learning. But that computer also uses radars and cameras and GPS to help learn. So it's not just one system. It's a series of systems that allow a Tesla to operate, which we will absolutely dive into in a different episode. But one thing I mentioned is that there's different levels of artificial intelligence. And there's actually four levels. Um, and they range from reactive machines, which is just a, a computer you program. So you've, you've probably heard about IBM's Deep Blue, where it beat the, the global chess champion. That's actually reactive machine programming. And from there, you actually have two more steps before you get to what most people consider self-awareness or, or the Terminator robots or the Blade Runner ro- robots. And we don't really know if computers will ever get there. And that's where the computer has actual consciousness. They operate and they feel and they think like humans. What I think is more realistic is what's going to be the, the step below it. And that's level three. And that's really theory of mind. And that is where we program the computer or it teaches itself how to interact with humans and it recognizes that humans have thoughts and feelings, but the computer itself doesn't have the same thoughts and feelings as we do. I do think we'll get there. Uh, I'm not sure if we'll get to the self-awareness level. And I think it's actually really cool. I think our lives are going to be simplified. I think we're going to be able to cure cancer. We're going to be able to solve real world problems via artificial intelligence. So while we should always be skeptical or cautious, I think we should be excited. We don't know what the future is going to look like, and we are truly living in the age of artificial intelligence right now. Well, it's awesome. That gives us a lot to look forward to and uh, uh, in all kinds of things, right? So, I mean, their applications are limitless, and you know, there's going to be challenges along the way. But um, as you say, I think overall, a lot of the things that would slow us down, especially in healthcare and medicine, they'll be able to to do much faster because of, of, of this type of technology. So, Yeah. And I think what everybody listening to us needs to understand is that we're all helping code these computers, right? When anytime we do a Google search or we post something to social media, that feeds into machine learning. And 
The amount of data we share on a daily basis is quite insane now. It's impressive and honestly insane. So there are over 294 billion emails sent in a single day and over 500 million tweets sent in a single day. We share enough data on a daily basis that can go to the sun and back multiple times. So we think about on a global scale, there are significant populations that are still not connected to the internet. So as countries like India start to get the the technology at their fingertips that Americans do, we're going to see that increase. And there's tons of other countries out there just now getting plugged in. And so we're going to see these computers learn at quicker rates just because of exponential learning, but also because of the amount of humans that are going to be Google searching and providing free data online. So we've talked about freemium programs on our social media episode. So really when you're signing up for premium programs, you're giving your data away for free. And the data vertical, the data industry is worth over $120 billion annually. So think about how much money these companies are making on your data. So not only are you providing your data for free, they're making money off of you and they're helping program artificial intelligence. All right. So if you were looking to learn more about AI and kind of the things that might be uh, interesting to you and your family, what would you recommend? Uh, you know, I'm a visual learner, so I love documentaries and there's there are countless documentaries and we'll definitely share that in our episode notes and on our social media. I just wrapped up a book called The Future is Faster Than You Think. It can be a little dry, but if you skip around, you can get cliff notes of where, where we're going with this. So I know we all are focused on, for instance, self-driving cars. Have we thought about flying cars? I know we think of Back to the Future and maybe TV and movies have desensitized us a bit, but flying cars will be in our lifetime. In the next decade, we're going to see that start to happen. So I think, you know, check out documentaries, check out the future is faster than you think. And, and Eric and I will continually post tips and tricks and things you should check out if you want to learn more about artificial intelligence. Well, perfect. I think that sums it up uh, beautifully. And uh, anything else to add for the folks today? Uh, no, I think this sets the foundation of what the future is going to look like over the next decade. So artificial intelligence, this is just the tip of the iceberg. We'll lead into automation trends and how to educate yourself in a pivoting world. Uh, stay tuned for future tips, tricks, episodes. As you can tell, we're incredibly excited about this. If you like what you hear, give us a shout out, subscribe, give us a review. And as always, check us out on social media and our website, breadcrumbtheory.com.